0: This is chapter number 32. I appreciate the atmosphere of the service this morning. Carry over from last night what God was doing in the service. And I hope you'll give ear to us this morning. I wanted, to, I thought about things to preach. I didn't rest well last night either. I got back to the motel, stayed up, and tried to read some and relax. And then I got up early this morning, the telephone rung early. Brother Tony Hudson called, and he asked how the meeting went last night. And I told him, I tried to explain to him. He said it was, it was really good Monday night and Tuesday night. And I said, well, there's an avalanche last night. I said, uh, just, God swept through. And it's hard to explain, see, when they're not here. I said, Brother Tony, you just had to be been here to understand how God met with us and manifested himself. And on the way back to the motel last night, there was a dear individual, a dear preacher friend of ours that's here this morning. He said, Brother Buster, how long has it been since you've been in a meeting like that? And uh, I said, the last time I was here. That's, a, that's how long it's been since I was in a meeting, like just we was in last night, was the last time that we was here. I appreciate all the good singing. I appreciate the invitation that Dr. Brown's given us to come and to be with you. Now, this morning, uh, I really feel led to preach this message. This is not maybe a camp meeting message necessarily. I believe the Lord is settling in on us. He's saying some things to us. Yes,
1: sir.
0: I appreciate the testimony that Brother Ron just gave. And how weighty, how weighty. I mean, there was truth. There was a lot of truth. Deep truth in what he was just expounding on and talking about. And I pray that you can find the hiding place and the secret place. And the sooner or later, you're going to have to go there, friend. You'll have to dwell there. When everything else fails and everything else falls through, then you're going to need to know how to get to the secret place and to abide there. And you say, Preacher, I don't understand what you're talking about. Then just listen. Ask God to open your eyes and your your heart to understand these truths. You'll need them in days to come. And I appreciate the goodness of the Lord this morning. Genesis chapter number 32. I want to preach this morning simply on Jacob wrestling with God. Jacob wrestling with God, and when you come to chapter number 32, if you remember your Bible, if you can rehearse with me in your mind, Jacob has been gone now from his homeland for some 21 years. The last time that he was at home, his brother Esau told him, he said, the next time I see you, he said, I'm going to kill you. And it was after that uh, Jacob and his mother, Rebekah, had stolen the blessing of the firstborn, And uh, the blessing of the firstborn went, it was supposed to have went to Esau, but Jacob got it. That was God's divine plan. But you remember, I mean, Esau was, I mean, furious. He said, I'll kill you as soon as the days of our dad's mourning is over. Isaac was about to die, their dad. He said, the next time I see you, he said, I'm going to kill you. And Rebekah found that out and she got news to Jacob and she sent him over to uh, Haran, over to where her, aunt, her brother Laban lived. And she got him out of the home country and Jacob has been gone now 20 years. You'll find that in chapter number 31, verse number 41, the Bible said, thus have I been 20 years in thy house and I've served thee 14 years for thy two daughters, six years for thy cattle. And Thou hast changed my wages ten times. And Jacob has been gone from home now for twenty some odd years. Twenty long years. And the last time that he left, uh, you'll find that his name means a trickster and a heel snatcher and a conniver. That's what the word Jacob means. And he was a subplanter and he had supplanted his brother twice. Got the blessing of the firstborn and stole the birthright. And now after 21 years, some 20 years, he's going to go back home and he's having to go back because God has told him to. If you'll notice in chapter 31, verse number 11, the Bible said, And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob, and I said, Here am I. Look at verse 13. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar, where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now rise and get thee out of this land, and return unto the land of thy kindred. Now God has manifested Himself to Jacob, and He said it's time for you to go back home. Now I'm sure that you've heard preachers preach before how Jacob has been called to go back to Bethel. And the word Bethel means the house of God. Jacob's been gone now for a long, long time, and now he's been told to go back home. I want to pick up reading in chapter number 32. Dr. Brown, I would appreciate if somebody could get me a little glass of water. I'd sure appreciate that. And we'll begin reading in chapter 32. I'm on some medication. It dries my mouth out. And I trust that you'll bear with us. Please don't get discouraged. And please don't fall by the wayside this morning before we get started. And I don't mean to bring just a theological exposition of the Scripture, a dry something. But I pray that you'll listen and ask God to speak to your heart. As we look at Jacob now, he's, go, he's having to go back home Amen. and to face God and to face his brother Esau. Now in chapter number 32, verse number 1, the Bible said, And Jacob went on his way, and the angel of God met him. And when Jacob saw them, he said, This is God's host. And he called the name of that place Mahaniam. And Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, unto the land of Seir, the country of Edom. Now you notice what's happening. Jacob, he knows he's going to have to come face to face with Esau and he's sending messengers as it were before him. And he's trying to soften Esau up. He said in verse 4, and he commanded them saying, thus shall you speak. Thank you. Thus shall you speak. He said unto my, well notice now, my Lord Esau. Notice how he changes his attitude. Jacob is not strutting his stuff now. He's not the cocky young man that he was when he left 20 years ago. But he addresses Esau as his Lord. He said, Thy servant Jacob said thus, I have sojourned with Laban and stayed there until now. And I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants. And I have sent to tell my Lord that, that I may find grace in thy sight. You see, he's sending a present before him, as it were, and he's seeking to bribe Esau to soften the wrath that, he, that he's afraid that's in Esau's heart. I was reading here a while back from Mr. Charles Spurgeon... And Mr. Spurgeon said from this passage of Scripture, he said about Jacob's fears, he said he was afraid to meet Esau. He said this fear was like sins that have not been dealt with. Old sins are apt to break out on you if you don't deal with them properly, friends. They must be confessed and forsaken and repented of. And, and Jacob had never made things right with Esau, and now he's having to come face to face with him. Notice now what the Bible said in verse number 5. I have oxen and asses and flocks and men servants and women servants, and I have sent to tell my Lord that, that I may find grace in thy sight. He wishes now, and he longs to find grace in the sight of Esau. Esau. And the messengers returned to Jacob. Notice, they just go out. They're not gone long. And then they return, saying, We came to thy brother Esau. And also he cometh to meet thee, and four hundred men with him. Now you think what must have run through Jacob's mind. Stay with me now. I mean, he sent the messengers out. They've not been gone long. They take the present and the bribe and all of a sudden they come back running to Jacob and they said, Jacob, we've met your brother and he's got 400 men and he's coming to meet you. What do you think run through Jacob's mind, friend, that he thinks Esau is coming to revenge himself and to avenge himself. He's coming to do me in. He's coming to make war with me and my family. That's exactly what Jacob began to think. What would you have thought, friend, that I guess Jacob begins to think maybe Esau had a spy within his own camp. How did did Esau know where Jacob was? How did he know he was traveling this certain route? And the servant said, He's coming to meet you. And he's got 400 men with him. Verse 7, Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divided the people that was with him, the flocks and the herds and the camels, into two bands. Now what Jacob does, he finds out that Esau's coming to meet him. So he divides his family up and he puts them into two different groups. And he begins to send them over. If you'll notice in verse number 9, I do not want to take all the time to read off of this, but in verse nine down through verse number twelve that you'll find that Jacob begins to suppli- he begins to supplicate. He begins to pray, friend. And all the time that Jacob has been gone that you don't find him praying. Now you find him there, right outside of Bethel. You'll find him there at Bethel, where he anointed that pillar, that took a rock for a pillar, laid down, saw a ladder that reached up into heaven, and angels ascending and descending on that ladder. You remember that. And Jacob had a vision of God that night and said surely God is in this place and he named it Bethel. But all the time that Jacob's been gone you never find him having a prayer meeting. You never find him calling upon God. He schemed his way. He's been tricking his father-in-law and conniving and supplanting. But now Jacob is between a rock and a hard place. Are you listening? Yeah. 400 men and Esau's coming to meet him and I'll tell you what he does he turns his face toward God and he begins to pray in verse 9 10 and 11 and 12 that he begins to call on God let me read that quickly and Jacob said oh God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac the Lord which settest unto me return unto thy country and to thy kindred and I will deal well with thee See, he's reminding God of what God's told him that Verse ten, he said, "I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies uh, and of all the truths, truth which thou hast shown unto thy servant. Uh, For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, uh, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, uh, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, uh, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, uh, lest he will come and smite me and the brother with the children." Uh, and thou saidest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. You see, what's running through Jacob's mind? He's been mindful of the promise of God that God gave him. But he said, God, Esau's coming. And 400 men with him. And if he kills me, how will this promise be fulfilled? And now he's supplicating and crying out to God that, That's the way the most of us do. We don't really cry out to God and we don't really get serious with God until our back is up against a wall, friend, and there's nowhere else to turn. But as soon as Jacob got through praying, he went right back to scheming again. You can read verse 13 down through verse number 20. He begins to send more presents to Esau and he begins to try to soften him up so that Esau will not be so full of wrath in anger. But notice in verse number 22, the Bible said, And he, Jacob, rose up that night and took his two wives and his two women servants and his eleven sons and passed over the ford at Jabbok. And he took them and sent over the brook and sent over that he had. And Jacob was left alone and they wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. This is the angelic messenger telling Jacob, uh, said, let me go. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men, and hast prevailed." I'll tell you how Jacob prevailed, friend. He didn't prevail through wrestling, but he prevailed through supplication and hanging on and asking for the blessing. And the Bible said, And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he says, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. I tell you, Jacob got a blessing in one of the most unordinary places that you ever thought a man could get a blessing. At the end of a wrestling match... Jacob received a blessing. And there's something interesting right here. Jacob asked the angelic messenger, whom I personally believe was none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe Jacob was wrestling with the Lord. And that's called a theophanies. They tell us that theophanies, a pre-Bethlehem appearance of the Lord Jesus in that Old Testament. Jesus did not begin at Bethlehem. He just made his entrance into this world and took upon him a robe of flesh. He always has been. And we see him throughout the Old Testament showing up. You say, Brother Buster, why do you think that why do you think this is the Lord Jesus? And Jacob said in verse 30, and Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. For I have seen God face to face. Jacob said, I've seen God face to face. Now no man has ever seen God face to face and lived to tell about it. God hid Moses in the cleft of the rock. And when God came walking by, God removed His hand away from the cleft of the rock and all Moses saw was the afterglow. I mean the radiance of the holiness of God. And it was so much they had to put a veil over Moses' face when he came down off the mountain. No man hath seen God at any time. And you can't see the Holy Spirit for He's invisible. You can sure feel His presence. And you can sure feel when He's in the service. But you've never seen the Holy Spirit and you 've never seen God, well, who did Jacob see then that I believe he saw none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, that and the man that he was wrestling with that was none other than the Lord and Jacob asked him that in verse twenty nine he said, "Tell me, I pray thee, thy name, did you know the Lord never did tell Jacob his name that I'm telling you as you wrestle with God that there'll be some secret things that you'll never, never find out. You'll ask God many of a question in your Christian life. You'll ask God about this and about that. But there's some things you'll never, never find out. He's just God, friend. He doesn't have to tell us why. He doesn't have to explain to us why. He's God and beside Him there is none other. And the Bible said in verse 31, and as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eaten out of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh in the sinew that shrank. Now, won't you stay with me for just a few minutes this morning, and then I'll be through. I'm more mindful of the time than you are, and I know we have a meeting at 12 o'clock, another meeting. But I believe that God is settling in on some of us and God is wrestling with us and and He's got us in a wrestling match in this meeting And God's trying to pin some of you. And He's trying to show you that you need to surrender uh, and submit to Him uh, and give in to Him uh, and yell calf rope uh, and raise the white flag of surrender uh, and say, Lord, Thy will be done. Uh, Now be mindful. You see, Jacob is sitting there by the ford at Jabbok in verse 22. Uh, I mean, he sent his wives over uh, and he sent his 11 sons uh, and he goes back across the ford a river or a creek, if you will, at They tell us the word Jabok here means a place of emptiness or coming to the end of one's self. Sooner or later in your Christian life that God is gonna bring you to an end of yourself. Most of us are like Jacob. We try to scheme and manipulate and have our own way. But sooner or later, God will bring you to that place of emptiness. There he is that night. I see he's got his family divided up into two bands. He goes back across that ford, that creek, and he sits down. And he's wondering in his mind. I believe he's meditating. He has no campfire. He doesn't want Esau to know where he's at. And he's sitting there all alone. Every now and then there's a cricket that'll chirp. Every now and then a hoot owl will hoot. Maybe a little rabbit will run through the bush. And every time there's a noise, Jacob turns around in fear. And he's so scared. He thinks Esau. Wonder which way Esau will come. Will he come from the left flank or the right flank? How will he divide the 400 men? Will he send 100 from the north and the east and the west and the south? I believe Jacob is sitting there. And his mind is on Esau. Which way will my brother come in? And then all of a sudden, listen to me, his mind was not on God. His mind, he had prayed now, he would had, had him a prayer meeting, but he was really leaning to the arm of the flesh. Here he is now, he's all alone. Point number one of the message, in verse 22, 23, and 24, you find the solitude of a deserted place. The solitude of a deserted place. He's there all alone now. Sent his family over. And verse 24 said, And Jacob was left alone. You know where this lady this morning that's here that got saved? This lady that said she was up all last night? she was alone, but she wasn't alone. She was wrestling with God. I promise you there's probably some others that went home last night and the bed was too short and the covers were too narrow and they didn't sleep well and they've been a wrestling with God. Like Dr. Brown said, you're hoping you can survive through Friday night. You're hoping you can get through tonight and get out of here and get out from under this influence. But I'm telling you, God's wrestling and God's meeting with some of us and what you need to do is just surrender That best thing that ever happened to me was when I got saved by the grace of God That greatest day in my life that greatest thing that can ever happen to a human being like Dr. Maccabee was preaching last night it's when old time God sins Holy Ghost conviction settles in and you raise that white flag of surrender and say Lord would you save me some of your wrath now look at Jacob here. at The solitude of a deserted place. Get the picture in your mind's eye now. He's all alone scared to death worried about which ways Esau going to come but then notice something else in verse number 24 the Bible said and they wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day Now sometimes we read our Bibles too hurriedly and we miss the impact of the scripture not only is there the solitude of a deserted place but there's the struggle of a deceived man now you say brother buster what are you talking about I see Jacob all alone now he's wondering which ways Esau coming every time something moves in the bush Jacob jumps up but then he's all alone sitting there now And all of a sudden, the Bible said, And there wrestled a man with Jacob until the breaking of the day from out of nowhere. Listen to me now. Stay with me. Unannounced. Uninvited. He did not say, Brother Jacob, here I come. One, two, three, get ready. But from out of nowhere, I mean, somebody lays hold of Jacob and throws him into a wrestling match. I'm not talking about funsies. You pin my hand now I'll pin yours. I'm not talking about Hulk Hogan and all the rest of that crowd running around in a bunch of diapers and need to put like this in full-grown men and leotards. But I'm talking about two men that wrestled all night long, friend, that... And I'm talking about the struggle of a deceived man. You say, what do you mean deceived, preacher? I see them in a wrestling match. I see trees being torn down, little limbs and saplings. I see grass uprooted. I see hair disheveled. I see clothes torn and rent. I see maybe Jacob with a bruised jaw. You let me and one of these good-sized men get in a wrestling match. Now, I ain't all I used to be. But at 45, I can still probably wrestle for five minutes before I give out. That somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get bruised. And they were wrestling all night long. And it wasn't a wrestling match just in Jacob's mind or just in his heart. He had encountered a divine encounter with God, friend. With God. From out of nowhere, from out of nowhere, somebody grabbed Jacob. Somebody began to pin him full Nelsons, Boston Crabs, and every other heavenly hold. And Jacob was a pretty good wrestler, friend. I mean, he wrestled till the breaking of the day. Jacob was a schemster, and a heel snatcher. I see him wrestling in that wrestling match. And he said, "Lord, oh, stop it. Stop it, who are you? And if we could pause that wrestling match and put it on pause I see him breathing hard and Jacob's face is bruised and hair disheveled and dirt on his clothes. Clothes rent and I pause and I take the microphone and I said, Jacob Jacob, who you think you're wrestling with? Who you think you're wrestling with? He'd say, it's my brother Esau. He slipped in and got me. It's my brother Esau. I guarantee you that's who he thought it was, the friend. But I say, Jacob, no, it's not Esau. He'd say, well, it's a hit man. Esau said, a hit man, it's an assassin from out of his camp. And he's caught me on the blind side. I say, Jacob, no, it's not an assassin. I say, Jacob, who is it? Why, he'd say, great God, you mean I've been mugged by the Ford j Maybe it's a mugger, somebody's robbing me. I say, no, Jacob, but can I inform you who you're wrestling with? Listen to me now. I say, Jacob, would you believe this? Would you believe you're wrestling with the Lord? And Jacob, you know what he'd probably say? Just like most of us. He'd say, no. No way. This cannot be God. And we say, Jacob, why don't you think it's the Lord? Listen to me, church. Jacob would say, this can't be the Lord because it's hurting me it's hurting me amen friend i don't know where you read in your bible that god will never hurt you or god will never let you be hurt god will hurt you to develop you god will break you to mold you amen we got a lot of this charismatic influence and theology in our mindset in the fundamental movement that if you're right with God, you'll be healthy and wealthy and successful. But I don't read that in the Word of God, friend. I believe the Bible said, through much tribulation, that shall you enter into the kingdom of God, friend. I interviewed Jacob, and I said, Jacob, it's the Lord. It's the Lord you're wrestling with. And he'd say, no way, man, no way. He'd say, it's hurting me. It's hurting me. I'm broken and I'm bruised. It's hurting me. You know, what some, you know who some of us are wrestling with? We're wrestling with the Lord. We're wrestling with the Lord, friend. I come through this past year, and I'm not trying to propose a pity party, but this past year, early on this year, I said 1996, I made this statement, listen to me before you say anything. I said 1996 has been the worst year, the worst year the Seton family has ever lived through. Last year, my father-in-law died at 68 years old. A year and a half struggle with bone cancer. Last year, they operated on my wife. Back surgery that's left her with a lot of pain. It'll probably be chronic pain the rest of her life. A little over a year ago, they diagnosed me as being chemically imbalanced. Chemically imbalanced. You know what that means, don't you? I've been on 11 different kinds, more than 11 different kinds of medication in the last year and a half. Trying to straighten me out and get my mind mentally balanced again. And I just say, Preach your seat, and what's wrong with you? Brother Buster, don't you have faith? Don't you have faith? Why don't you just name it and claim it? Why don't you just demand God and command God? You know what some of this crowd says? That they'll say, well, why don't you just uh, rebuke that sickness uh, and, and rebuke that sickness in the name of the Lord? Don't you let that come upon you. Well, why did Paul tell Timothy? He said, drink no longer water, but take a little wine for thy stomach's sake and thine often infirmities. Timothy was a sick young man. Paul the apostle had a thorn in his flesh that he could not get God to remove the messenger of Satan that was sent to buffet him. I made that statement that this past year had been the worst year in all of our ministry and the Holy Ghost rebuked me on the spot before I could ever get it out of my mouth and before it ever got cold as a statement the Spirit of God smote my heart and said, Son, this has been the best year. This has been the best year we've ever given you. We've allowed you to suffer. We've allowed you to go through some things. And it's crushed my family and crushed us and crushed us over and over and over. But you know what God has to do? He has to take the millstone of suffering and run it over us and across us to grind us up, to make us to become powder, that bread that we might be able to feed the hungry and be a blessing to somebody else, friend. Some of you are wrestling with some things. Why is it... Listen to me now. Why is it we always divorce God? We divorce God out of all sickness. We divorce God out of all cancer. We divorce God out of all heart attacks. We divorce God out of all church problems. And we always give the credit to the devil. Jacob, who you're wrestling with? Yes. Jacob, who you're wrestling with? He'd have thought it was anybody but the Lord. Anybody but the Lord. Yes.
1: Sir.
0: Oh, now hang on to me, church. Don't lose me right here. Some of you are looking kind of pale around the gills now. You see the struggle of a deceived man. I believe the Bible did say, did not the Bible say in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and we know... And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Is that not what the book said? That's what the book said, friend. That means heart attacks. That means cancer. That means chemical imbalance. That means back surgery. That means anything God lets you go through, it's for His glory and for your good. Yeah. Now that's easy preaching. That, that This is a coward's castle up here. That it's easy to preach these truths. Uh, and it's another thing to have to live in them and walk through them.
1: That's
0: right. I had some preachers tell me here a while back in the camp meeting, I had them to come up to me and said, you've ruined your ministry by telling about your chemical imbalance. They said, nobody will have you. Nobody will want to have you in the meeting. I, I praise the Lord. He helped me find the way over here this week. I drove in. Me and the Lord got here. Sister Carol gave me some directions to get back up to exit number 5. And after I got there, I could smell my way into where God was here. Huh? And that, You know what? They, you know, We put up a facade. And we put up a barrier. And we want to act like nothing's bothering us and everything's well. I know that's well with my soul. But some of us are wrestling with some things. Dr. Maccabee's been wrestling with the situation with his wife all these years. And now Dr. Maccabee's health is beginning to fail him. And he's wrestling with God. Wrestling with God! Listen to this statement. Sometimes it's easier to say no to the devil. Listen. Sometimes it's easier to say no to the devil and his temptation than it is to say yes unto God. Sometimes it's easier to say no to the devil's solicitation to do evil than it is to say yes unto God. You say, Preacher, what are you talking about? Now I'm on sacred ground. Now I'm on holy ground that angels fear to tread. In Matthew chapter 4, in verse number 4, down through there on the mountain of temptation, Jesus was tempted by Satan himself. <laughs> Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights uh, and He met the devil there on that mountain and Jesus rebuked him uh, and Jesus overpowered him and conquered him That uh, through the Bible, friend, uh, quoted him that Old Testament uh, and soundly defeated the devil. Listen. Did Je- now listen, Did Jesus sweat great drops of blood while He was tempted of the devil? While He was tempted of the devil, Jesus did not sweat great drops of blood. Jesus literally overthrew and overpowered the devil through the Word of God. Sacred ground now. But you go to Matthew. You go to Matthew chapter number 27. You get over there. Jesus in the garden. In the garden of Gethsemane. Before Him laid that cup. That invisible cup, as it were, that contained all the sins of humanity. Jesus was not afraid to die. He came to die. He came to be the sin bearer. He came to be the substitute. He came to make the atonement. But you know what? When he stood there in that garden, finally laid down and prayed in that garden three different times. And he said, Father, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. You see, Jesus was not afraid to die, but He knew what was in that cup. It was the sins and the degradation and the wickedness of the lost humanity. And He that knew no sin was about to become sin. And He prayed and prayed until His sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. Medical science says Jesus prayed so hard that around the sweat pores they bursted and the blood vessels bursted in blood and sweat. Who's that of his body? And You know what he was wrestling with. He was wrestling as it were with the divine will of God that he drank that cup. I'm not saying that. Don't take me wrong. He was willing. But he said, If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Then he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Sometimes it's easier to say no to the devil than it is to say yes to God's will. Some of you are wrestling. Some of you young men are wrestling. I was praying last night as I know Dr. Brown is praying. These men have prayed and these teachers have prayed. I mean, we praying that God would thrust forth labors and that God would reach down and call young men to preach the gospel and for young men to get saved and missionaries and, and evangelists and pastors and God's moving and some of you are wrestling. You're wrestling. You're wrestling with the divine call from God. That's right. It's not the preacher you're wrestling with. It's not Dr. Brown and his charisma and, and uh, his energetic uh, personality. Uh, that's not what you're wrestling with. You're wrestling with an unseen guest. You see? Jacob was wrestling. You see here, he didn't even know who it was. He was wrestling. I want you to notice something else. The struggle of a deceived man. But number three, in verse number 25 and 26, the Bible said, And when he, that is the angel whom I believe was the Lord, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. Now they've wrestled all night long. You think about it. I mean, the breaking of the day is coming. but The sun's getting ready to come up, and they've wrestled all day long. And the Bible said, When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. I mean, the Lord could have done this at the outset. He could have done it at the start of the wrestling match. But He wanted Jacob to wrestle. He wanted him to be brought to an end of himself. There he was wrestling, and the Lord just stretched over. And one touch touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, and it was out of joint just like that. You men that's ever wrestled before, done any kind of wrestling or fighting, you know that's where your pivot point is. That's where your strength is, is in your thighs to throw a man And all of a sudden, now Jacob, from wrestling, he's brought to a clinging position. I mean, he doesn't wrestle any longer. He just reaches up and and lays hold and and clings. Some of you come from that position this week. You've come from wrestling, and, and now you're clinging to it. Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. He said, That is Jacob. No, no, the angel said, And he said, Let me go. Let me go for the daybreaker. Can you imagine all night long? I believe Jacob, this and this, the Lord never said a word to Jacob all night long. Just wrestling in the darkness, tumbling and rolling and picking up and throwing down. And I see Jacob try to get away and the Lord said, no, you don't. Pulls him back in there. And they wrestle and wrestle. And Jacob tries to crawl away and the Lord said, no, you don't. And back in there again. And finally now the Lord says, let me go. Let me go, Jacob. See, Jacob, because the Lord touched the hollow of his thigh, he's out of, he's out of power and he just reaches up and grabs hold. The Lord said, let me go for the day breaketh. He said, Jacob, watch what he said. He said, I will not let thee go. I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Here's the statement of a determined man. I mean, it's almost humorous to me. I almost get tickled when I read this. I say, Jacob, here's your chance, boy run he said I can't run I say hobble crawl here's your chance you've been trying to get away from him all night long can't I crawl Jacob he said no way he said anybody that can touch me anybody that can put a hurting on me like this the same man has the power to bless me whoever can touch me like this and render me defenseless has the power to bless me Amen. Some of you are wrestling with something. You've tried to push it away. You've tried to pray it away. You've tried to get away from it. But what you need to do is just reach up and grab hold of it and cling to it and say, I'm going to let you bless me. I'm going to let you be a blessing in my life. You say, man, preacher, you've gone slap crazy. That medicine's drove you completely insane i tell you what this chemical imbalance and our problems have done. It's drove us to our knees. It's drove us to the secret place, Brother Ron. I've had to get along with God and say, God, if you don't help me, I can't find my way to the meeting. God, if you don't touch my mind, I can't remember my name. I'm telling you, I've had to lean on God like I've never had to lean on Him. But hey, I'm glad there's a blessing. There's a blessing even in the midst of the struggle, friend. Some of you are wrestling with something God wants to bless you with. Amen. Amen. Have you ever thanked God for that heart attack? Have you ever thanked God for that cancer? Have you ever thanked God for that situation you're in that you've tried to fight with and wrestle with and push away? Have you ever just said, thank you, God? Thank you, God. Some of us in here are wrestling, not most of us, but some of us are wrestling with older age. Hair's turned the color of frost now. We wonder how we're going to make it, how we're going to go on. Huh? We're wrestling with some things. Some of the senior saints are wrestling with old age. Some of you young people are wrestling with who you are and where you're going, what you're going to be. And where does, I'm asking you, where does God fit into your plan? I mean, you didn't realize you've entered into this meeting this week and you just came because it was school time and because the principal said you've got to go and you've come to please mom and dad. But now you've got in here and you've encountered God. You've encountered the holiness of God and the power of God and the conviction of God.
1: God speaking to some hearts. Dealing with
0: hearts. The statement of a determined man. He said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. Amen. What is it you're wrestling with, mom and dad? What is it, dear pastor, that you're wrestling with this morning? What is it that you're wrestling with? Maybe you just need to come to God and say, God, please turn this into a blessing. I mean, listen, Jacob. Jacob's beat up. Jacob is bruised. Jacob's had a whooping put on him. You hear me? i mean a whooping, not a whipping, a whooping. Bruised and beaten. Didn't even know who he was wrestling with. But he says, anybody got the power to touch me like that has got the power to bless me. Notice the surrender of a defeated man. The Bible said in verse 27, watch this, the surrender of a defeated man. The Bible said in verse 27, Jacob's asked for a blessing. And the angel, the Lord, said unto him, What is thy name? The surrender of a defeated man. The angel knew who he was wrestling with. The Lord knew who he had a hold of. Uh, the Lord knew exactly who he had. Watch this. Uh, but the Lord was wanting Jacob to face who he was. And Jacob did not just say, Jacob, he didn't just happily, and uh, nonchalantly reply, Jacob! I believe it was a long silence. I mean, he was clinging to the Lord. And the Lord said, what is thy name? What is thy name, Jacob? You want a blessing? You want the blessing? You're going to have to confess to me who you are. I believe it was like pulling barbed wire out of Jacob's throat and out of his stomach. Jacob, the pause, he began to rehearse the 21 years. He thought about beating his brother out of the birthright and the blessing of the firstborn. He thought about how he tricked his father-in-law. He knew what his name meant, a heel snatcher, a conceiver, a a denier. He said, my name is Jacob. I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. He had to confess who he was. Brother, when he confessed who he was, God blessed him. You know what's wrong with all of us? I said, with all of us, We cannot stand too much truth. We can't stand too much truth, especially truth about ourselves. We don't mind truth being exposed about our brother and our sister or for this preacher, that preacher. But we try to avoid the eyes of God as we even try to serve Him because we realize how crooked and deceitful, fraudulent, you know the Bible, when the Bible said in Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. That word deceitful is the same Hebrew word for Jacob. Jacob. There's more Jacob in all of us than we'd like to
1: confess. That's
0: the truth. I see Jacob now with a broken heart. It's hot thighs out of joint. He's wrestled all night long. and He thought he's been wrestled with Esau or a hit man. He finally said, my name is Jacob, Jacob, Jacob. Tears coursing down his cheeks. He had to confess who he was. Some of you wanting a blessing from God. Some of you want to be blessed from God. We'll have to confess who we are.
1: Yeah.
0: I appreciate these that came forward last night. What also went on the previous services. And I mean that young man got up here last night and told how he worked among the youth and how he'd sung those songs in his cards and things. But he confessed who he was when he got saved. See, there's some deceitful people that are in this service. that here. Like they're, they're deceitful. They're lying to themselves about their salvation. I've thought about there could be a Jonah here, a disobedient man or woman. There could be a Thomas, a doubter, a Samson, a defiled, an Elijah, depressed, a John Mark, a defector, a, a Judas that's deceived. You really want the blessing? I'm talking about, listen to me, I like the highs. I like the highs, like it was last night. I mean, son, she is as high as I've seen it in a long, long time. The river was running, and the river was out of the banks, and some of you had no fishing signs up and no trespassing signs, and God washed them all the way in the river. Got up last
1: night.
0: I'm talking about, do you want a blessing? Do you really want a blessing that'll go with you, something that'll go with you? To the day that you make the crossing of the Jordan, then we'll have to confess who we are. Some of us, if we be honest, we're glory seekers. We want the glory. We desire the glory. I remember a statement that they said about Uncle Joe Parson, an old mountain preacher. Oh, Brother Joe Parson, you never would know him. He was a big old mountain preacher that laid with God. He'd get up at 4 or 5 o'clock and pray and lay with God. He was in a meeting one time and God moved and the power of the Holy Ghost came down and people got saved like last, 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 last night. And move God moved in. Brother Joe Parson got up off his face and when he got up, he stretched himself. He said, all I did was stretch myself and squared my shoulders away. He said, the Holy Ghost smote my heart and said, Joe Parson, you're so wicked. You're so wicked. Joe Parson, you take the crown of glory right off the head of Jesus. Because he was a little bit proud about how the meeting went. And he stretched up like that and he said, the Holy Ghost smote him. Who are we this morning? Who are you? You're here lost this morning. You need to get saved. While God's dealing, while God's pulling and God's touching.